You're listening to Spiritual Caffeine, a daily Bible exposition with gospel recording artists, business owners, and Bible teachers, Sean and Troy Isaacs. Join us Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we get our spiritual boots to get us going from the Word of God. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone. What are you living on? For more info, visit glorifyhimnow.com. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to Spiritual Caffeine, guys. Welcome, team. Um, I'm just going to do a short devotional this morning on Psalm 63. There's two verses there that um, I'd like to meditate on for a moment. Uh, so if you have your Bibles with you, feel free to open them up or access them online, however is convenient for you. Psalm 63, David says, and by the way, David, it is believed that David penned uh, is penning this particular psalm uh, when he's in the uh, wilderness of Judah. Uh, as you know, David was a shepherd, uh, but he also, uh, at many points in his life or seasons in his life, David had many enemies, and he would be on the run, uh, even from his own son or from Saul. And um, while on the run, uh, often he would spend time alone or he would be in the wilderness, and that's where he would journal. You know, uh, we tend to see the Psalms as just the Bible, and they are the Bible. But they're, they're a very unique part of the Bible because the Psalms are like a journal uh, of the prayer life and the devotional life of saints. In this case, David, imagine that your journals, if you, if you keep a journal, I keep one. Let's say you kept one. If you had a journal and you were writing in that journal every day and years from now, God would use that. Everything that you write, your highs, your lows, ups, your downs, your points of sorrow, your points of rejoicing, your points of exaltation and celebration. Imagine that God would use all that to strengthen others and to show them, a, uh, you know, transparently um, what's going on in your life. You know, I don't know that David knew as he was writing uh, for him and to commune with God his prayers and his songs and his devotional life, I don't know that he was conscious that this would one day become something that would be accessible to the world and it one day would be called the Bible. Um, and so when you read it, it is uh, a very unique portion of Scripture. But in Psalm 63, verse 1 and 2, David says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh Longest for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. David is in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, he is saying uh, literally and metaphorically, there's no water. In the wilderness, physically, there's no water. And uh, But David understands something that we often don't realize is that God's presence, God's power, God's word, God's spirit can satisfy the flesh and the soul. So he says, you are my God. Early, early has the idea of diligently, meaning I will seek you with all of my might. I will do it quickly. But it also has the idea of early as early in the morning. And there is a principle that the early risers throughout Christendom, throughout history, throughout the business world, uh, tend to be 
some of, if not the most, successful. There is something about rising early. No one, was, no one was busier than the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of my favorite passages of Scripture, even in the midst of all of his busyness, Mark 1, after having a full day, you can read the whole chapter in your, on your own time, after going to bed extremely late, after healing multitudes of people, doing great miracles throughout the whole day, he must have went to bed extremely late. He was very diligent. He was very disciplined. He was an early riser, the Bible says in Mark 135, and rising a great while before day or daylight, the dawn of the day, rising a great while before day, Jesus went into a solitary place, get alone with the Father in secret, and there, the Bible says, he went into a solitary place and prayed. And, uh, and so my encouragement to you, if you don't, if you're not an early riser, if you're not a person that gets up early in the morning to spend time with God, I want to challenge or encourage you to do that. Why? Because the Lord's Prayer says that you should ask God each day to deliver you from evil, to lead you not into temptation, to give you for that day your daily bread. You should ask God for that every day. Now, the interesting thing is if your prayer time is at night, and you should pray at night and day, but... If your prayer time only is at night, then you're asking God to deliver you from evil, to give you daily bread at night for the day that has already taken place. See, God provides sufficiently just for the day what we need. And so the psalmist says, O oh God, you are my God. Thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. If your soul is thirsty, you'll satisfy it. If God doesn't satisfy your soul, you'll satisfy it with pornography. If God doesn't satisfy your soul, you'll satisfy it with drugs, with alcoholism. You'll satisfy it with material possessions. You'll never have enough handbags. You'll have, never have enough shoes. You'll never have enough uh, boats and cars and stuff. Why? Because the soul is not satisfied. See, it's not just God doesn't just satisfy us in the sense of making us um, physically content or meeting our physical needs, but he deals with what, those, what draws out those needs internally. And so God says, David says, my soul thirsteth for thee. Is your soul thirsting for God this morning? Is your internal being hungry for God? And thirsty for him. David says, my soul is thirsting for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. In the wilderness, there's no water. But you and I live in a world that is a wilderness. It is a wilderness of sin, of sorrow, of suffering. Uh, those of you that know the ministry of Double Edge, doubleedgemusic.com, my twin brother and I, we wrote a song on our second album called I Am a Voice. And in that song it says, I am a voice. I am the voice. I am the voice. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. It is like the, John the Baptist is singing to you and I. And he's describing his, his life and his experience in life as a life in the wilderness. And in that wilderness we describe in that song that the wilderness is a wilderness of sin, of sorrow, of suffering. Our life is filled with all these things. 
You know, I, I work with the radio station, and every Monday morning uh, we get together, um, and there's a time of prayer at this radio station. And, and it never ceases. 90% of the prayer requests are for a prayer for somebody who is sick, somebody who's terminally ill, somebody who just died, somebody who tried to commit suicide, somebody who's on drugs. The life of the Christian and the non-Christian is filled with sorrow and suffering and challenges. And if you are not feeding your soul on the Word of God and time with God in prayer, you will not be able to stand in the evil day. If you're not putting on the armor of God daily, you will not be able to stand. David says, my soul thirsted for you, O God. My flesh longs for thee. Not just David's inner man is longing for God, but his flesh is longing for God. What is your flesh longing for this morning? Is your flesh longing for more food? Is your flesh longing to satisfy the lust and the desires of the mind and of the flesh? The works of the flesh, uh, Galatians 5 tells us, a manifest which are these. We can fulfill the desires of our flesh, but what would it be like to have the flesh long for God? David says, my flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Then he says, I'm not just longing for God as the, the, the object of my affections, as the creator of the universe as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, though all those things are true. David is not satisfied with just knowing who God is. He wants to experience God. He says, to see thy power and thy glory. I am longing for you. I am seeking for you, not just for you as the person of God in my life, not just as my father, not just as the Lamb of God, who took away my sins, but I am longing and seeking for you because I want to see your power and I want to see your glory. Do you want to see the power of God? Do you want to see the glory of God? Or have you become comfortable in your own life, comfortable in your home, comfortable in your church, not to see God's power at work? Are you satisfied with not seeing your children saved? Or are you longing and thirsting for God because you know the more you are connected to the source, the more you are plugged in to that electrical outlet, which is God Almighty, that power is manifested in your life and it affects your life. Then you're able to see his power or experience it and see his glory. The more you and I see the glory of God, the more we are satisfied with God alone and everything else around us is empty. Let me say that again. The more you see the glory of God, as Isaiah saw the glory of Christ, when Christ was exalted, according to Matthew 12, Isaiah 6 says, Matthew 12 says, Isaiah saw Christ, Jesus the Christ, in Isaiah 6. He says, when the Lord was lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Isaiah saw his glory. And Isaiah said, woe is me. I am undone. I am a sinful man. The more you see the glory of God, the less you see the sin of others. The more you see the glory of God, the more you see your own need for him. 
the more you hunger and thirst for him in the dry and thirsty land, the more you hunger and thirst for righteousness because your righteousness can never reach or measure to his righteousness. David says, I want to see your glory. I want to see your power. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. David has an experience with God in the sanctuary that most of us do not have in our churches. David has a point of reference. He says, I've experienced you, God, in, in my church, in the sanctuary where I would go, the temple where I would go to meet God. The sanctuary meant, meant, um, meant or represented the presence of God. David said, I've had an experience in the sanctuary. I've had experience, you can say, in the Holy of Holies, the temple. All of these are, 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 are thoughts I want you to think of. And it gave him a point of reference so that he was like a man who had tried heroin and received the high. He is now continually seeking after that high again, that experience again. He is not satisfied with where he is. He remembers what it used to be like to see the glory of God, to see the power of God. Do you remember that? Many of you had great experiences with God when you were a young Christian or a new Christian. You were passionate about souls. I can say that. You were burdened for the lost. You could go nowhere without talking to someone about Christ. But now you've gotten maybe a little educated. You know the Bible pretty well. You've become pretty comfortable. Maybe you've got distracted by life. Maybe you have a lot of responsibilities. According to 1 Corinthians 7, once you're married, now the cares of this life, your care for your husband, becomes a greater responsibility. God understands that. I understand that. But you don't have to remain in a place of complacency, a place where you have so content. You know, there is a sense that we should be content with God, but we should not be content with our walk with God or our relationship with him. Why? Because he is continually revealing himself, and we should be pursuing him. So David says, I want to see your glory and your power. So as, just like I have seen thee in the sanctuary, and uh, in verse 5 he says, My soul shall be satisfied as, as with marrow and fatness. Marrow and fatness represents what gives us the strength and the life in our physical bones. David metaphorically uses, he says, My soul will be satisfied as marrow and fatness satisfies the bone and keeps it from being brittle so that it would be broken. David says, that's how my soul will be satisfied in you. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When you are satisfied in God, your lips will praise you. If you're not praising him, it's probably because your soul is thirsty and you're not satisfied and maybe you're not aware of your thirst. As I end here, you know, I have a book that I, um, that I would recommend to all of you. It's called Your Body's Many Cries for Water. Your Body's Many Cries for Water. This book is written by a doctor uh, many, many years ago, I think 50s or 60s, who identified that the majority of diseases flow from dehydration. Most people think they're dehydrated because uh, they're thirsty. But he makes the case that the mechanism in the brain that tells you you're thirsty uh, happens much later than when you actually are dehydrated at the cellular level. And so uh, it's a great book to read, but it shows that 
when the physical body receives proper water and nutrients from the water, nutrients from the water, then there is satisfaction in the body and there's healing in the body. The bones are strengthened. And, and I don't want to take time here. There's so many great benefits to why you should be drinking water. And some of you say, well, I'm drinking enough water and I'm still ill. Well, yeah, but the caffeine you drink, it depletes the water. You lose three to four cups of water every time you drink a can of soda, every time you drink a cup of coffee. And so you think you're getting enough water. When you go out and you exercise, depleting water, you want to exercise, but you need to increase, bring those nutrients back in your body. But I recommend that book because it shows the physical importance of water. And David uses this metaphor, spiritually speaking. He says, I am dehydrated spiritually, and my soul is longing to see the glory of God and the power of God. But I am not seeking his gifts. I am not seeking an experience. I'm seeking God who gives the gifts and provides the experience. Church in America is divided. It is extremely divided, and she tends to have a haughty spirit uh, in the sense of erring on one side of truth. So there are those who only seek experiences from God, and there are those who condemn those who seek experiences, and there are others who say you should only seek God, but they're satisfied not having any experience with God. Both are extremes. Both would have a sense of truth and a sense of error. And what I want to challenge you to do is be extremely humble as you approach the Word of God and understand that all of the body is unique and, and no part of the body knows everything. And those of you that may be more, lean more toward baptism, Baptists, there's a lot you can learn from the Pentecostal. And those of you that, le that lean more Pentecostal, there's a lot you can learn Baptist. I could say the same thing about the Calvinists or the Armenians. Stay humble before God because there's things that you don't know. The big challenge in the world, I would say, is we don't know what we don't know. And so we don't stay humble as we approach the Word of God or as we interact with other people of God. But if you remain humble and you develop the heart of Christ, and you take his yoke upon you and learn from him and of him, you'll be meek and lowly of heart so that you, through meekness, can receive from those even that you disagree with. This is Sean Isaacs. Welcome to Spiritual Caffeine. Troy, you have any comments, anything on what I've said? He said, you know, it was a dry and thirsty land. The thing about being unsatisfied with God is nothing else satisfies you, and you see everything as meaningless. So when you start pursuing the Lord and really getting hungry and thirsty for the Lord, everything else pales in comparison. It's like Fanny Crosby says, you know, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, as the things of this earth grow strangely dim. So as you begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness and hunger and thirst to be more like the Lord and spend time with him and be in his presence, uh, more and more the things of this world lose their luster and uh, you're not as fascinated with them as you used to be. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. He saw everything at dry and thirsty land. Moses says there's pleasure in sin but for a season. John says the world, the lust thereof, and the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He says all these things are passing away. It's like, it's like nothing to him. You know, so um, I think 
as a Christian, the more you fall more in love with the Lord, the less you are fascinated by anything that this world has to offer. Amen. Everything pales in comparison. Praise God. Anybody yep. else, any other comments or questions, feedback from Kimberly or Leo? Uh, Sean, uh, this is Leo here. Uh, Leo. Powerful message. Uh, and um, I was just looking at Scripture 6 and 7 of Psalms. When he says, uh, on my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. And every morning when I wake up, I get inside of my bed. I say, thank you, God, for waking me up. And I heard this song one time, and when I heard this song, I almost ran outside my house. And the song stated, God, you woke up so I can wake up. So every morning, you know, in, in, in spite of what we go through at the, the night, you know, we pray and we lay our heads down and just praise God to wake us up for another day. And unfortunately, some people don't get that chance. God gives us a second chance to do it over and over again. Every single day, we, we, we get life again. So just this past is just very powerful. And, you know, it was uh, definitely lighting uh, to me as well. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for sharing that. When the Bible says the hand of the Lord is not shortened, well, God doesn't have any hands. He's a spirit that does not have a body like men. So there are some people that they would hear that song you just mentioned, When God Wake Up, and, and they'll say, well, God can't wake up. And so they, in their effort to pursue truth, will say, well, that song is error, and I don't want to have anything to do with it. But they miss the spirit of what the writer is trying to say. What the writer was trying to say is, God's up. So, so I'm going to get up, and I, you know, I wouldn't write it that way as a songwriter. I would write it differently because of my knowledge, the extensive knowledge of Scripture. But I can appreciate the effort that someone's putting in and trying to get a truth across. And uh, so, praise God for that, Leo. Kimberly, any comments from you? Um, I was just thinking about um, something you said about David, um, just always being on the run. There was always opposition, and the thing that inspires me um, about Psalms is in spite of all that he was going through, um, you know, he, he still was determined to let God um, be the Lord of his life. And he took all his sorrows, all his cares, he took everything, and he, um, in such poetry, he presented it to the Lord um, of how he would feel it. And, and I believe that that gave him rest, that gave him peace because he knew that there was hope. So he, he he really demonstrates his hope in the Lord. And it just reminds me of um, just certain trials and tribulations that I experienced in my own life, and I had a decision to make. I, you know, I had a cross in the, in the road to where, you know, I can either have self-pity or I can just say, you know what, I'm just going to give this to the Lord and, and leave it with him. And just in results over and over how God is faithful um, and the peace that he actually gives that surpasses all understanding when you um, do what he says in Psalms 4, I mean, I'm sorry, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, to not be anxious, but in all things through prayer and petition and with thanksgiving. I think that's important to be thankful because you can't complain and be thankful at the same time. You can't have self-pity and be thankful at the same time. So it causes you to have a peace of um, that's what, what you share kind of remind me of. I just stated that, wow, David was uh, facing all that um, opposition, um, but he just presented all his cares unto the Lord. And the Bible says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Praise God for that. Well, thank you all for joining us this morning for uh, Spiritual Caffeine. Um, Troy, why don't you uh, close us in prayer, if you don't mind?
Father, as we uh, come before your throne, we thank you this morning for the opportunity we had to get into your word. Even as Job, who said, I stay thy word more than my necessary food. And to many of us, this was the first thing we did this morning before we ate breakfast, which is good. Just getting into your word, Lord, and, and, and absorbing the nutrients that are found there, the spiritual nutrients. Uh, Lord, I pray for everyone that has an opportunity to hear this broadcast. I pray that they would be blessed and encouraged today and that they would have more of an eager desire to seek you and to thirst for you. You said, he that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. And Lord, you also said in your word, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And David said, my, my soul longeth for thee, yea, fainted for thee in the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cried out for the living God. I pray that we would have that type of passion and desire. And, Lord, our even greatest cry would be like the cry of Asaph, who said, Whom am I in heaven but thee? There is none upon the earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart fail me, but, Lord, you, you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And, God, I just pray that that would be the thing that would be the longing of our hearts daily, continually, and that we would continue to strive to be more like you and to pursue you. And uh, bless everyone that had an opportunity, again, to listen to this and even those that are uh, uh, will listen to this on a, on a later date, we pray that more and more you would make us more more thirsty for you and and more of examples of what it truly means to be uh, led by the Spirit of God. Um, I'm reminded again of what you told the woman at the well. If you had only known of who it was who asked of you water, you would have asked of me, and I would have given you that living water. And we thank you that. We can be satisfied from you and you alone. We don't need anything else. And uh, we praise you, we honor you, and we glorify you for everything that you're going to do and have done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.